With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. The virus knows no boundaries. The virus knows no boundaries. Those were my first words Saturday uh, on television and coming in today. I wanted to make sure they were the first things that I said on POTUS because I think it's that which is most important. And by that, what I mean is that we, yours truly in particular, has a tendency to be so focused on the domestic nature of the pandemic. Does Gavin Newsom have the right approach in California or does Ron DeSantis have the right approach in Florida? Red states versus blue states. Uh, Should we all be masked in public? Do I still need to wear a mask in the supermarket? After all, I've got both my vaccines and my booster. Where am I going to show my vax card? What requirements should exist to go to a concert or a Broadway show or a restaurant? Should we all need to be vaxxed or tested to get on an airplane? Aaron Rodgers, COVID toe. I mean, these are the sort of things that we get all wrapped up in on a day-to-day basis. I certainly do. And what is clear now, I think, is just how much we've taken our eye off the bigger picture. Namely, that unless there is a global response to the pandemic, we will never be free of the virus. That's the bottom line. I may as well go home now because I've already delivered to you the thesis that I most wanted to say. And by the way, I don't want to fuel the the panic in talking about it much like and I'll get to this, I hope, later in the show. But much like the footage of uh, whatever we're going to call it, smash and grab, looting, organized uh, robberies at retail stores during the Christmas holidays. It's like you put this stuff on a loop on television and then it becomes self-perpetuating because people are scared to death of it. You're causing a contagion. Other people go out and emulate what they're seeing in that crime wave. And I think that there's a risk of of this becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy because what I took note of, and Reuters has this story today, Dr. Fauci told President Biden yesterday It's going to take about two weeks to have definitive information on the new coronavirus variant, Omicron, Omicron, that has sparked new travel restrictions and shaken financial markets. So Fauci says we need to be protective. We need to institute a number of steps to be ready. Hopefully we can delay the arrival. You know that it's here already, though, right? You know that it's if we're talking about it, it's already here. I think we learned that from COVID-19. But nations aren't waiting from the New York Times today. Japan on Monday, meaning today, joined Israel and Morocco in barring all foreign travelers and Australia delayed reopening its borders for two weeks as more countries sealed themselves off in response to the new Omicron variant of the coronavirus. 
The Japanese prime minister said Japan would reverse a move earlier this month to reopen its borders to short-term business travelers and international students. Japan, the world's third largest economy, has been closed to tourists since early in the pandemic, a policy that it has maintained even as other wealthy nations reopened to vaccinated visitors. So that's what's going on in Japan. Some countries proceeded with their plans to reopen today. Singapore, Malaysia, which opened their land border. South Korea, on the other hand, announced it's delaying any loosening of social distancing restrictions. Around the world, says the New York Times, just before I came on air, the trend was toward shutting down, not opening up, as a cascade of border closures and travel restrictions began to recall the earliest days of the pandemic, even in the absence of scientific evidence about whether such measures were likely to stop the virus's spread. By the way, today's survey question couldn't be more timely in keeping with what I just told you. Do pandemic lockdowns do more harm than good? Do pandemic lockdowns do more harm then good. Make sure you're voting at Smirconish.com today on that. Australia said on Monday it would delay by two weeks its plan to reopen its borders to international students, skilled migrants and travelers from Japan and South Korea. The country said it would use the delay until December 15 to study whether Omicron's variant is more dangerous than the Delta variant. Israel reopened to vaccinated tourists only four weeks ago, hours after Israel announced its blanket ban over the weekend. Morocco said yesterday that it would deny entry to all visitors. The moves by Japan, Israel, and Morocco stood in contrast to those in places like the United States, Britain, Canada, and European Union, which have all announced bans on travelers only from Southern Africa. Only from Southern Africa. Omicron. The last time we were together, which was last Wednesday before Thanksgiving, nobody, if, if I said to you, have you heard of Omicron? You would have said, what is that, a new science fiction film? I mean, what, what is Omicron? None of us knew. None of us knew. Just making the point of how quickly this whole situation can turn on a dime. But, you know, Friday night, uh, the story broke. I was on air on Saturday morning. 61 travelers arriving from South Africa tested positive for COVID-19, not necessarily the new variant, when they landed in the Netherlands. That fueled the story. The Dutch health authorities said those positive test results would be examined as soon as possible to see whether there were any strains of the the new variant. Um, But the point that that I want to make today is this. The, The latest outbreak is a reminder that no matter what the vaccination rate may be in the developed world, The world is flat, right? Tom Friedman told us this. The pandemic is a global issue. It won't be behind us until immunity by vaccination or natural means is worldwide. I have some data that was accurate as of the weekend. So maybe I'm off by a hair as of this Monday after Thanksgiving. But roll with me. This is all CDC information. Currently developed countries like China, Japan, France, Italy, South Korea, and Canada have fully immunized more than three-quarters of their populations, okay? China, Japan, France, Italy, South Korea, Canada, full immunization. That doesn't include booster. Remember the whole dialogue we had last week about how do we now define full immunization. Um, 
three quarters of their population. In the United States, the latest number, 59%. So we lag behind other developed countries. According to Bloomberg, 110 of the 200 countries for which they have data, 110 are shy of 50% for their populations having full immunization. Of that number, 64 countries, including South Africa, have not even reached 25%. India, they're at 31% for full immunization. Russia, 37% full immunization. And of the 37 nations with less than 10% full protection, of the 37 nations with less than 10% full protection, 32 are in sub-Saharan Africa. Said differently, where slightly more than half the world population has at least one dose, it means that nearly 3.4 billion people have had no vaccination and are most vulnerable to infection and spread. This is the takeaway for the water cooler today. Or the dinner table tonight. I'll repeat that line. 3.4 billion people have had no vaccination and are most vulnerable to infection and spread. Yeah, Tom Friedman, the world is flat. The world is flat. Until the developed world inoculates its own, which is what we spend all of our time talking about here, and also extending itself to protecting the rest of the planet, then Omicron, or whatever the next one will be, is our future. I mean, that will be our future. That's where we are right now. I had had a representative of UNICEF, because they've been all over this issue, Lily Caprani. I thought she was a very good uh, guest of mine on CNN. And I talked to her about exactly this issue. This was right on the cusp of Omicron, the variant, having burst into public consciousness. Lily Caprani, something tells me you are the least surprised of this new development. Am I right? Well, this is what viruses do. If they're allowed to keep circulating, they they mutate and they form new variants. Um, We've seen that happening throughout the last year. We've been warning and warning and warning that nobody gets out of this until we get everyone protected around the world. And and sadly, um, often our fears come true. I mean, we we were expecting this, and in some ways, there's plenty we can do to keep ourselves safe by just following the usual social distancing rules, hand hygiene, and so on. But what we really need now is is to let the science do what it's been able to do, provide the solutions for us, and solve the kind of political problems that are stopping us getting test treatments and vaccines all around the world so that we can curb this virus in every part of the world. We're never going to end a global pandemic one country at a time. Right. We're going to have to get much better at global cooperation to solve this. Right. We're never going to solve it one country at a time. We're never going to solve it one country at a time. Doesn't matter what goes on here. If the rest of the globe, 3.4 billion people have had no vaccine? Do you know that uh, yesterday, the Sunday survey at Smirconish.com, which is now a higher priority for the U.S., your choices were vaccinating Americans or vaccinating undeveloped countries. Think about that for a second. Obviously, I wasn't on air yesterday, so we didn't talk about it. 
which is now a higher priority for the U.S.? Getting us vaxxed here at home or vaccinating undeveloped countries? 55% said vaccinating Americans. 45% said vaccinating undeveloped countries. I mean, somehow we need to be concentrated and focused on, on both. Otherwise, you know, we'll be vaxxed. The rest of the world won't be. Some, some mutation, some variant, whatever the proper way of describing what I'm thinking of, uh, develops something that can invade even people who have been vaxxed and have had a booster, and it would just go on and on and on and on. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody at home needs to be vaxxed, needs to be boosted, but we've got we've to increase what's going on around the globe as well, or we're just never ahead of it. We're just never ahead of it. Today, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning, okay, so now what? You know, do we go into a lockdown mode? Do pandemic lockdowns do more harm than good? The Wall Street Journal has an editorial about exactly this today that caught my eye. Here's some of their thinking. They say travel restrictions didn't stop the Delta Alpha or original Wuhan strain from spreading around the world. Omicron has been found in Belgium, which means it's probably already in Europe and the U.S. too. If Omicron is found in more countries, as invariably it will be, will governments shut down their borders And lockdown again, by the way, this journal editorial I read last night, it precedes what I've shared with you a moment ago from the New York Times about all the countries that are shutting down. And the journal says, well, this is the fear that's animating the markets. Many European countries are reimposing pandemic restriction in response to rising cases. Austria has shut down again. Germany flirting with another national lockdown. Belgium on Friday announced it would close nightclubs and prohibit private parties except for weddings and funerals. One clear lesson from the pandemic is that lockdowns do more harm than good, says the journal. Booster shots will help the U.S. and Europe weather a winter surge and mitigate the impact of Omicron. That's no doubt why Mr. Biden on Friday urged all Americans to get boosters, though the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention was late to endorse them for all adults. The administration worried about the political optics of boosting Americans while most people in low-income countries remained unvaccinated. That's also why Mr. Biden on Friday reiterated his support for a petition at the World Trade Organization backed by South Africa and India to waive intellectual property protection for COVID vaccines. Even left-wing groups pushing the waiver acknowledge it won't do any good unless vaccine manufacturers are also forced to share their technical knowledge of how to produce the vaccines, which they are already doing with licensed partners. In any case, vaccine manufacturers are ramping up production as fast as possible, consistent with quality control. And then the final is this. Vaccine hesitancy is also a bigger challenge than supply in some low-income countries. South Africa this week asked Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer to delay deliveries of their vaccines because it has surplus. So apparently they've got product, but they've got vax hesitancy there greater than ours. Americans in the rest of the world need to learn to live with an ever-mutating virus. So do our politicians. So the journal says, don't overreact. Don't go into a total lockdown mode. This is the world in which we're living. Ah. So frustrating, right? 
Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds.